What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Good morning. My name is Daniel Doss. I am one of the worship leaders at New Vision. I lead at the Battlefield Campus most of the time. And today I'm reading from Mark chapter 3, verses 7 through 35. So it's quite a long passage, and there are multiple passages. So instead of reading the entire thing and circling back on certain spots, I'm going to read sections within this passage and comment on those. I think that will serve us better. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB. Um, Here we go. Mark 3, verse 7. Jesus departed with his disciples to the sea, and a large crowd followed from Galilee, and a large crowd followed from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, beyond the Jordan, and around Tyre and Sidon. The large crowd came to him, because they heard about everything he was doing. Then he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him so that the crowd wouldn't crush him. Since he had healed many, all who had diseases were pressing toward him to touch him. Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he would strongly warn them not to make him known. Couple things here. Jesus is getting popular because he's doing some amazing work. He's healing people. I mean, is this not why we come to Jesus? It's because we need help. We need healing. We need um, salvation. And salvation, we realize we need because we realize we are sinners and we are broken. And and Jesus provides that. And he was providing it in a very real way, physically. You know, they weren't even looking to Jesus as. Um, savior. They're looking to him as a healer, um, as someone who could fix what was broken about them physically. And so he was getting a lot of crowds. So Jesus was handling logistics. He was he was planning ahead, which is a good thing for me to hear, is it's good to plan ahead and it's good to think through what's about to happen so he can make sure that nothing goes wrong or goes sideways. And so he's saying, hey, have a small boat. You know, get get something ready because we're gonna have to go out into the water because all these people are coming. And uh, and then something else in this passage is really just neat to me is, you, you know, when you're walking around with someone and and you know they're they're great like at a certain thing that like a niche kind of a thing like within certain circles they are well known kind of person. Well, that's that's what happened here with these uh, with these unclean spirits, these demons. Uh, they recognized Jesus and. No one else really knew who he was fully. They just knew he could make things better for them in the, in the time being, in the moment, physically. And so, but these guys, these demons that he was forcing out, that he was cleaning the house with all the, the peace people, they were like, hey, you're the son of God. We know who, we know who you are, you know? And they, they recognized him um, and realized who he was. And he was like, hey, keep that to yourself. You know, we we know, we can look back and see he was kind of on a mission and saying, hey, 
my time has not come yet. You know, in, in other words, he's saying, hey, don't tell anybody, you know. Um, so don't don't make me known. So he, he's on a very specific path and he's commanding the the demons, the unclean spirits. He's commanding basically the other team's players, you know, that he's against the enemy. He's saying, hey, you know, he has supreme authority over all things. And uh, all right, so let's move along. Verse 13 says this, Jesus went up the mountain and summoned those he wanted and they came to him. He appointed 12 whom he also named apostles to be with him, to send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. He appointed the 12 to Simon, he gave the name Peter, and to James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, he gave the name Bonerges, that is, sons of thunder. Philip, Andrew, Philip, and Bartholomew, Matthew, and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. So this is where he's getting his 12 disciples who become the apostles together. And uh, it's just it's just an affirmation that, you know, Jesus was into discipleship. That's where we get discipleship. We talk about that at New Vision a lot, of building into others and to further the kingdom. And that's what Jesus was doing. He was, was, uh, he was furthering his reach um, through humans, which is amazing because we know he's God and he can do whatever he wants and doesn't really need us, but he chooses to use us. And um, he chooses to use those um, um, who the Pharisees had obviously not picked up these guys to become uh, to become leaders, spiritual leaders. So, you know, it's good to see that he, he chooses people that are unexpected in religious circles. Um, they didn't have the pedigree, um, but they had all that Jesus needed. They had a willingness to come and follow. Um, even Judas, and uh, there's a lot of different angles around Judas' betrayal about why he did it. Um, and I've seen different interpretations paint him different ways from he really sincerely wanted to see the kingdom of God come. He just totally misunderstood the kingdom to, you know, he was just evil from the start. Um, Mark here says, he kind of gives us the story away here, Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And we also don't really know how much Jesus knew about Judas, you know, in Jesus' humanity, how much was he limited by foreknowledge of um, each individual human around him or in his sovereignty being God-man, was he able to fully know what Judas was going to do? We really don't know this, um, but we do know that Jesus used the unexpected ones, um, the unqualified, and he qualified them um, through his choosing and through his training and giving of authority. All right, let's move along. Jesus entered a house and a crowd, the crowd gathered again so that they were not even able to eat. Man, that'll make you hangry. All right. When his family heard this, they set out to restrain him because they said, he's out of his mind. The scribes who had come down from Jerusalem said, he is possessed by Beelzebub and he drives out demons by the ruler of the demons. So he summoned them and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? 
If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is finished. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Huh. So Jesus is saying, hey, I've basically tied up Satan. I have authority over Satan and I can plunder his house. I can cast out demons. I have this authority and I can do this. And uh, and we're about to read a scripture that's one of the most confusing in the Bible. Um, and, and this is very important in understanding what Jesus is about to say. So he's giving an example saying, hey, Satan isn't working against Satan. I'm working against Satan, you know, and I'm winning. <laughs> in other words, Verse 28, let's move along. It says, truly I tell you, people will be forgiven for all sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. Because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. So this scripture that says, passage, it says, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness. That has frightened and scared believers, you know, ever since probably it was, it was spoken. But, um, but what, what he's saying here is, there's, I actually, I consulted some commentary um, with this passage because I want to be clear. First of all, he's basically saying that you were giving credit um, to, um, you're basically saying that the Holy Spirit is an unclean spirit. The Holy Spirit is of Satan. He's accusing the Holy Spirit's work to be the enemy's work. So that's at its first form to say you you cannot attribute like you were going against the Holy Spirit, calling the Holy Spirit evil. Um, but then it says, okay, if if we do that once, is that unfor an unforgiven sin? But to understand this, um, there's another scripture, Acts seven, uh, verse fifty one. Um, it says this, um, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, and so do you. So there's another aspect of the um, of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And what some of the commentators have said is it's a, a constant rejection of the Holy Spirit's work, a constant, persistent rejection of what the Holy Spirit is doing and willingness to follow and so ultimately, it's not being willing to follow the prompting of the Spirit within you and at work around you, calling out and or not being willing to do that. And, and thirdly, along with that is the fact that you are, that shakes you is proof that the Holy Spirit is at work within you, that you, you care, that you care that you have, you're afraid that you have blasphemed the Holy Spirit, that you don't want to do that. That is proof the Holy Spirit is at work within you and you, you have not exuded that persistent resistance from the Holy Spirit. All right, I hope that helps. Moving along, uh, verse 31, his mother and his brothers came and standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, look, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are outside asking for you. He replied to them, who are my mother and my brothers? Looking at those sitting in a circle around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. 
So it's kind of a slap in the face to his family, but at the same time, his family was being uh, not very kind to him, calling him crazy. The, the people that knew him most was discrediting him. How disheartening is that? You know, when you have a dream or you have a calling or a mission um, and those closest to you are saying, hey, this dude, they're just crazy. This, she has no idea what she's talking about. She's crazy, you know, uh, like they're calling you out. And that has got to be disheartening. Um, so, but what Jesus was doing was not a slap in the face to them necessarily. What he was doing is establishing the understanding of his kingdom, that the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of Jesus and those that follow him those are of his kingdom. Um, And so I think it was less a personal slap in the face, like, well, I'll just say, hey, they're not even my family, you know? Um, But he's saying, hey, y'all need to understand that those who follow me, whether related by blood or not, are part of my kingdom. So Jesus was establishing his kingdom, even in this example of discrediting his relation to his blood family. and establishing a relationship to him through his fellowship, those who follow him. So all of that to say, and when I first read this, I thought of one word, one person, and they're not even mentioned in this apart from just their name is not mentioned in this, and that is James. And that's what I want to leave you with today. When I read this, I thought of James, because surely James, the brother of Jesus, not James, the son of Alphaeus, the don't get them mixed up, but James, who turns out to be the brother of Jesus, we haven't heard about yet, he wrote the book of James that is attributed to him. And James, the book of James, is one of the more, um, not radical, but more in your face as far as following Jesus goes, as far as following the ways of the Lord. And it's very, very, it calls you out. It's very in your face. And I just think back to wondering, was James here when Jesus was saying, hey, when was James one that was calling Jesus crazy, saying, hey, that dude's crazy and nobody's talking about. But then over time, he came to realize that Jesus was the son of God and and followed him in a way that was completely radical. Um, I think that's just a really neat thought to think that he was might have been one with him, the family that was, I mean, he was his family, but it doesn't say specifically James was there. But uh, we assume he was because he was, uh, Jesus' blood family. And so he was probably there saying, hey, he's crazy. Don't listen to this guy. Um, but at the end of the day, he comes to Jesus. He, he follows Jesus and exhorts believers for century, uh, centuries to follow Jesus in a very radical and a very, a way that is, um, a way that follows Jesus closely and carefully and with passion. So that's an interesting transformation in my mind. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. We just covered a whole bunch and uh, I hope you have a good day. And I hope that as you're walking through scripture that it comes alive, um, not just in the narrative of it, but in your heart in a way that changes you, in a way that um, you can see God moving in you and that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Like as you're reading this and you're, you're reading about what Jesus said and what he did, how people responded to him, that, that you would be responding to him, that you would be responding to the Holy Spirit and, and you would be um, following his lead and his promptings and doing what he's asked you to do so that the kingdom of God 
can move forward. That's my prayer for you today and for me. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you're patient with us. We thank you that you see in us things that that no one else can see and you can do in us things that no one else can do. We look to you as as healer and, and we look to you as savior. We trust you and we follow you on this day. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.